Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Boy, 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 boy. There you go. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show Ooh. on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. It is a Friday. It is the 10th day of December 2021. Have to think about that. I've yeah. written down 2022 so many different times on so many different things. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Ben Reikley is with us. Good local Republican committee person. Fine conservative, natural born, not listener, and uh, <laughs> always here to talk about his good. Just a co-host today and a right. football fan. You know what today is? Football Friday for our area. Oh well, yeah. This uh, there's a lot going on. Southern's Southern playing today. Southern Columbia Tigers okay. are playing, and you know what's interesting about that, Mark? Southern is trying to defend their state football title. Their young ladies defended their state soccer title. So uh, for okay. those folks at Southern, athletes and academics. And Steelers played part of a great game last night, so that was uh, fun to watch on TV until the bitter end. Well, uh, speaking of contact sports, we're going to talk to a gentleman who is in one of the ultimate contact sports. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has contacted us. Uh, he is uh, Charlie Giroux of Mechanicsburg, PA. He's a Republican candidate for governor of uh, Pennsylvania, and he's here to talk about why he's running and why it's important that we get a Republican governor, or as I've heard some of the folks uh, say, we absolutely positively must have a Republican governor next year. So I would uh, take umbrage with that, but that's not <laughs> why we brought him on board. Good morning, Charlie. Thank you so much for carving out time in your busy appearance schedule, and I see you all over the place. Thanks for carving out time for us. Really, really happy to be with you. It's great to be with you, Mark, and with Ben. And uh, Ben will tell you, I have been traveling the highways and byways of Pennsylvania. I was driving down Route 15 the other night, and who stops me (laughs) but Ben Reikley and Congressman Fred Keller. So we had a cup of coffee in Sealance Grove, and then I went out. Well, that's true. Well, tell Congressman Keller to do exactly what you're doing. Call us sometime. (laughs) I'll I'll mention it to him. (laughs) He's ghosting us at the moment, but that's another topic for another day. Okay, well, you have launched your gubernatorial campaign. You uh, you are one of the candidates in Pennsylvania who is not quite a household name, but certainly known to folks that monitor the goings-on in conservative politics and in Pennsylvania. But introduce yourself to the rest of our audience and tell us about your gubernatorial campaign. Well, I'm Charlie Giroux. A lot of people have a hard time pronouncing my last name. I hear so many pronunciations that I can't even keep track of all of them myself, but it's properly pronounced Giroux. It's G-E-R-O-W. I'm from Cumberland County. I grew up in Pennsylvania, but as you may know, I wasn't born here. I was born in a slum in southern Brazil. My birth mother wanted me to come to America because she thought that perhaps here, in the greatest country in the history of civilization, I'd be able to learn how to read. So I've been very blessed to grow up in Pennsylvania. I never left here once I arrived. I went to high school here, college here. I won't tell anybody, but I went to law school here, too. Um, But I've had an honest living 
for the last 25 years as a small as a small business person and as you correctly point out mark i've been involved in conservative politics and i'm the vice chairman of cpac and a lot of your listeners will know cpac i'm sure why is it so critical that uh, two Republicans, that a Republican governor, get in? If they, let's suppose they haven't watched uh, Harrisburg ultra closely and seen the vetoes and some of the dilemmas, why is it so critical that a Republican governor get in? Well, we've seen the disaster that Tom Wolf has been for Pennsylvania with his arbitrary and capricious lockdowns and shutdowns and orders and edicts, and then his punitive and vindictive actions after that. I mean. Little Lebanon County, which is not far from where I live, harshly punished by Tom Wolf simply because they wouldn't knuckle under to his edicts and mandates last year. That's not the way you run a government. And our economy has suffered. Literally a third of our small businesses, which are the great creators of jobs in Pennsylvania, aren't coming back. So I'm going to be a governor that will do two things. One, revive our economy, and two, strengthen and fundamentally change our educational system. If you had been governor uh, starting three years ago, what would you have done differently in order to protect your citizens or to, or to, to, uh, to do whatever to the pandemic that you wanted to do? Well, I'm a guy that is a consensus builder, Mark, and I would have certainly worked with the legislature, which is the elected representatives of the people, not against them constantly, as Tom Wolf did. And I think that Ron DeSantis in Florida... Christy Nome in South Dakota showed a much better way of handling the pandemic than Tom Wolf did. And Tom Wolf stuck his head in the sand. He gave the you know, middle finger to the people of Pennsylvania and just went it his way. And it wasn't a good way. It was bad for Pennsylvania. To, to work with consensus, would we have had uh, lockdowns, I guess, for, you know, would we have had curtailments of any businesses, uh, in your view? Certainly not the way that Tom Wolf put them through. I mean, we were asked for a few days to, quote-unquote, flatten the curve. And what did that become? And what is it even today? I mean, it's just, it's been disaster after disaster in terms of public policy. And the governors that didn't go that route have states that are thriving. I heard Christy Nome speak last night right here in Pennsylvania. And she was talking about South Dakota's economy. 9% growth there. We don't have that kind of growth in Pennsylvania. And so our kids are flying to Arizona or Texas or Florida or South Carolina because they believe that's the future of opportunity. I want to make Pennsylvania the future of opportunity. And what's the key to this surge that's underway now? Back, you know, One last question about COVID. What could we do now about the surge that's underway? Well, I don't think that additional lockdowns and mandates are the answer. I think that prudence being wise, being smart, and allowing people to make their individual choices is the way to go. All right. Well, that's what Governor Wolf is doing now, but that was because the voters uh, said enough of the uh, uh, sort of the mandate, man, uh, you know, method of uh, precisely uh, of covering things. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, launch into some other issues uh, in terms of you know we can talk about uh, budgets and education. Uh, we have uh, Senator Mastriano is talking about the automatic pay raises. Now we got to put a stop to those. Legal pot has popped up. Kind of give us a glimpse at some of the big issues you'll address as a governor. Well, I think the big issues, as I said, are the economy. And very, very quickly, we strengthen our economy and we get economic growth, which provides jobs that are good jobs, family-sustaining jobs, to use a worn-out expression, 
but the kinds of jobs that people really care about when they sit down at their breakfast table, three ways. One, lower taxes. Pennsylvania's taxes are simply too high. Two, a sensible regulatory system that isn't punitive and that doesn't take forever to get permits. The delays in our permitting process cost consumers money, and that's something that hurts the economy and hurts the state. And the third thing is, and not many people talk about this when they discuss the economy, and that is public corruption. We've got to do something about the endemic public corruption in Pennsylvania. And if we do, businesses will want to come here that are now saying, we don't want to go someplace where the culture is pay to play. We don't want to go somewhere where to get a permit, somebody's palm has to get greased. We want to go to a place that has a level playing field where the rules are fair and where they're equally applied. And the and second thing, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Charlie. No, you go ahead. I'm, I'm well, happy. I was going to say. It's hard to know when somebody wants to talk. I'm, no, I'm no, I understand that. Otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I would say this and, and hear here to to what you're discussing. And, and one of the things I know is a, a good friend of ours, uh, Congressman Dan Muser, talks about Pennsylvania being the northeast version of texas and what he means is business friendly and understanding and and part of what you hit on that that many people don't quite understand is pennsylvania is not inviting and for the reasons you talked about but when you talk about lowering taxes that's one step the regulations and and i'm going to point out a specific i know you know quite uh, well frustrating part u.s steel wants to put hundreds of millions of dollars, if not a billion dollars, into upgrading a plant in Braddock, PA. Our illustrious Mm -hmm. lieutenant governor is from Braddock, PA. And U.S. Steel took, it took them two years to try to get permitted. They pull out of PA, go to Arkansas, they are under construction. That should be the poster child of ineptness for the state of Pennsylvania. Well said, Ben. I mean, that plant is literally right across the street from the house of our lieutenant governor, and it is a case study in how not to do things. And in addition to a permitting process that doesn't take months and years, but that rather is done in reasonable time, I think it's so important to have a governor that will go out and be a salesperson for Pennsylvania. And we'll say to Elon Musk, why are you going to Texas? Why aren't you coming to Pennsylvania? That we'll say to Amazon, why not Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? Why go to one of these other cities? That we'll say to employers all across the country, come to Pennsylvania because it's a great place to live and work, but we have to make the conditions such that businesses will want to come here. Capital ultimately votes with its feet. It's going to go where it can do the most good and where it can be the most productive. We want to make that Pennsylvania so that we have a future of prosperity for every Pennsylvania. And, and, but, Charlie, this has been going on since, well, I'm going to say I started to realize it traveling around the country doing business in the 80s, but in the 90s. And we have a, a very, very solid trucking company just up, just north of where we're sitting here, up in Watsontown, that went to Virginia to expand. Now, logistically, their business is expanding and they needed it, but how long are we going to hear Pennsylvania needs to do X, Y, and Z, and we haven't even gotten to X, let alone Y and Z, and that's the frustration businesses are having. If you and I are sitting in Dallas, Texas, and we're saying, hey, we need to expand into the Northeast, it's a shame Pennsylvania is fourth or fifth on that list, and I'm talking about Delaware, Maryland, West Virginia, Mar- and uh, Virginia. 
And, and that's the frustration people are having. The business atmosphere is not conducive. And you got families talking about their sons and daughters have to leave. Well, those can be addressed, and you have come out and started to address these, and these issues really need to be front and center. They really do, and tax policy is at the lead. I mean, if you've got a tax policy that chases people away, you've got to say we have to take a different look at it. Pennsylvania has either the highest or the second highest corporate taxes in the country, business taxes, depending on what day it is. Even Tom Wolf in a moment of lucidity, said they're too high. So you have a Democrat governor and a Republican legislature that agree that the taxes are too high. But what's been done, Ben? Nothing. So we need a governor that's going to come in, roll up his sleeves, put his shoulder to the wheel, and get it done. And the other part, too, and I've talked to many people about this, many educators from the teachers, uh, and you want to talk about good foot soldiers, uh, 99% of the teachers are out there to teach. Well, let's say 98. Administrators, uh, you know, they're trying to do what they can, a little top-heavy, I think, personally, in our administrative roles. How many managers do you need to manage a manager? But the other part is, why do we let the public education system in Pennsylvania fail the most vulnerable people who need public education, i.e. the Philadelphia School District, Harrisburg School District, Pittsburgh School District. Why, after decades and decades, do we let that, that fail? And that is not fair to those families and those young, young students. It's not, Ben. It's a tragedy. It's more than simply unfair. It's a tragedy. And as you know, in Pennsylvania, the birthright of every single kid is a thorough and efficient public education. That is a constitutional right in Pennsylvania, and we failed our kids. And what we hear is more money, more money, more money, but what we don't hear is more accountability. And so I'm a big proponent of school choice, because I believe that when you have more evangelical Christian schools, more Catholic parochial schools, more charter schools, both brick and mortar, more homeschooling, that the public schools are going to be providing a better product. So I've been a champion for school choice. I will continue to be. I won't just mouth the words, but we'll have specific plans to move forward with the next level of school choice and school choice funding so that those kids that are trapped in failing schools simply because of where they live will have the same opportunity as wealthier families do in other places in the state to send kids to the school of their parents' choice. All right, the lightning round. Let's get some brief answers. Would you sign a measure that would stop these automatic pay raises for the legislature and government leaders? I would. I I, I think that the whole pay raise issue that was put in a number of years ago was a failure, and I would. Legalized recreational marijuana. Would you sign a bill that uh, generated tons of revenue but would legalize recreational pot for adults? I would. It's not a big issue for me, but if it came across my desk, I would. Carrying without a permit. Uh, this is a gun-related uh, item that the governor vetoed, but would you sign a legislation that would let individuals carry a handgun without Ab- a permit? Absolutely, I would, and I think that's a very important issue because Tom Wolf has once again shown himself to be, just as Josh Shapiro is, anti-gun ownership and gun use by honest, law-abiding people. There's no reason why you should have to have a permit to exercise a constitutional right. And your stance on abortion, explain where you stand there. 
I am strongly pro-life, and the bills that have come across Tom Wolf's desk recently that have been vetoed by him are all pieces of legislation that I would support. You know, the progressive left has told us for a long time that they want abortion to be, quote-unquote, safe, legal, and rare, but they really don't want it to be rare. They don't want any restrictions on abortion whatsoever. They want abortion to be available from basically the beginning of pregnancy right up until the birth of a baby. That's simply fundamentally wrong. It's not where most Pennsylvanians stand or what they believe. And so I would support the various pieces of uh, legislation that would curtail abortion, particularly after uh, the early stages uh, that were vetoed by Tom Wolf. And one of our listeners sends a note, says, ask him if what he would do to stop another election from being stolen by the Democrats. It's a great question. I think we have to address the issue of election integrity, because if there isn't faith in the people of Pennsylvania in their elections, then there simply aren't any winners. And so one of the things that I would do is to both take a very, very close look at the statute. I'm against Act 77. I think it was a bad piece of legislation. I think it ought to be repealed. But if it's going to stand in law, then we're going to have to have reasonable and, and comprehensive safeguards against cheating. We have to make it easy to vote, but impossible to cheat. And that's chain of custody. It's uh, the elimination of uh, unmonitored uh, drop boxes. It's signature requirements, uh, signature verification. And most significantly, something that still isn't pervasive in Pennsylvania, other than the first time you vote, is voter identification. And Charlie, we have a uh, emailer who wants your name said a little bit more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, the old uh, Doc Holiday, and you're gonna be Wyatt Earp. So, Charlie Giroux, can you give us a quick analysis of the political atmosphere in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania right now? I think people are very frustrated, Ben. I think that they have seen too much of the hand of big government telling them what to do. Uh, shutting down their businesses, locking them in their homes, keeping their kids out of school, and then once their kids were able to go back to school, telling them what they had to do, indoctrinating them in the classroom instead of teaching them the basics and the fundamentals that we know are important to their success. So I think there's a great sense of frustration. But with that frustration, I believe, is a great sense of hope, because I think the people of Pennsylvania are ultimately optimistic, they're hopeful, they believe that our better days or best days lie ahead, and they want to see a governor that will help take us there. Yeah, Charlie Giroux, I would say that's opportunity <laughs> in the making. But, Charlie Giroux, if you could give us a quick synopsis on the backing of the PA congressional GOP group. Uh, they, they seem to be, be in your corner and, and, and moving forward for you. Well, the reason that I'm running for governor is because the dean of our congressional delegation, G.T. Thompson, called me and asked me to run. I mean, I didn't wake up one morning and say, gee, I think I ought to be governor. Uh, I had laid out a career that uh, attracted the attention of some folks, and G.T. Thompson called me and he said, Charlie, I want you to run for governor. And I said, well, tell me why. And he said, well, there are three basic reasons. He said, one, you're a solid conservative. You began your career with Ronald Reagan, and today you're the vice chairman of CPAC, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about. And he said, two, you're a solid communicator, a really good communicator. You learn from the best, the great communicator, Ronald Reagan. And we need somebody who can go up against Josh Shapiro in the media, give as good as he gets, beat him on a debate stage, 
and then get elected governor. And he said, sir, Charlie, you know how to govern, and we haven't had a governor for a long time. So with that encouragement, uh, I took Congressman Thompson at his word. He's the honorary chairman of our campaign, and we're off and running. And, and Charlie Giroux, if you could put this out, we're, I think we're at five yeah, now, at least right? five. Okay, yeah. we'll we'll get the other two in there. <laughs> Do you for want me you. to mention it again? G E R O W. And I, I get to do some sports stuff, as you know, and you know, you're talking to coaches, and you hear these canned answers. But I always find it interesting to talk to a coach or even a political candidate. Charlie, you you win next spring the GOP domination nomination because of well I think my personal story is very compelling somebody that came to this country as a legal immigrant and who took advantage of the opportunities that Pennsylvania afforded him and the blessings that God gave to me uh, is very very compelling because when I talk about opportunity and the freedom to pursue those opportunities you know it comes from the bottom of my heart second I think that my ability to articulate the issues that are important to people when they sit down at their breakfast tables is really important. People want to hear straight talk. They don't want to hear a bunch of BS. They want to know where you stand and what you'll do. And then most important, I think that the ideas and the plans that we're going to put forward and talk about are what meet people where they live and work. And uh, when they wake up in the morning, the things that they're talking about are going to be the things that we're talking about during this campaign. because. The Giroux for Governor campaign is all about from the people, for the people. Well, Charlie Giroux, we appreciate your time today, and uh, we will look forward to having you uh, back on. And, of course, if you're in the area, as Mark always says, we have a, a open mic for, for candidates. But, uh, no, safe travels and uh, enjoy the holiday season. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm really honored to be with both of you. I hope that your listeners have a great weekend and that all of you have a blessed Christmas. Charlie for governor. All right, thank you so much, uh, Charlie Giroux. I appreciate you calling in. That's number seven. One of our listeners suggested we <laughs> Mark, the lucky seven. Thank right. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye. Charlie Giroux, uh, running for governor, Mechanicsburg Republican candidate, uh, charlieforgovernor.com. His website, one of our listeners says, please ask your guest if he can incorporate saying his name at least seven times during the interview so people can tune in and hear it and memorize it. Some of us are a little slow. Another listener says, nice to blame the governor for all the problems when the government has been run by Republicans for years. They are working on gerrymandering so they can keep things the same. If the shoe fits, wear it, says Tom. Okay. All right. What shoe are we talking about? 1-800. <laughs> the shoe that's holding doors closed that have oh, okay. shut down businesses. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quickie break uh, for <laughs> commercials. We will be right back. Uh. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Mark Lawrence here. So you're uh, satisfied he's got the uh, credentials to be a good governor, Charlie Jerome? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives. I mean, I believe a person with experience other than s- sitting in a political office for decades is what the nation, as we saw in the last administration, and what uh, states need, uh, doers. Accountability. I mean, Mark, it's atrocious. You know, the people particularly, you know, complain about opportunities, and you got people complaining about education. But why do they let Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, why do they let failing schools fail and put more money at it? You know, why, why do we let particular minority students fall behind? I mean, I think I heard a little bit yesterday somebody says uh, somebody in a certain zip code or certain environment goes to school, they're not as prepared. Well, I, I know many people who uh, prepare their, their young ones, and they're, they're not white, upper-middle-class families. They're of all colors and all shapes but and all sizes. But do all families do that? Well, not even uh, families, upper-class upper families don't prepare their kids. How many kids do you know of uh, some, some means end up in rehab. <laughs> Perpetual underachievers. Well, yeah, we got other, a lot of those. You talk about a movie, Stand Up and Deliver is a great movie in South Central Los Angeles where the students taught, were taught and advanced in calculus and in those things. So many, many stories, but great opportunities out here. But why do we settle for substandard? Josh Shapiro says we got to revamp the whole educational system from top <laughs> to bottom. Define revamp. <laughs> <laughs> Improve? Okay, well. Dismantle and build over? Well, let's see. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. Open phones, 9 a.m. hour. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is here. Mr. Rob's on the other side of the glass. Just fakes, takes fantastic care of us every single time we're on the radio. And so we're eternally grateful for that. So, so we're quite helpful, or he's quite helpful. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-95. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I got the uh, OTM screen ready to go. Oh, I just wiped out the text. Uh, CBS News, which bar at Wilkes were they talking about? (laughs) Which bar? They went to the Wilkes bar? My daughter's up there as a freshman, so I don't 
there's no bar she would on campus. Be at the bar at Wilkes, but uh, something going on in Wilkes Bar, PA. Well, some people just live in New York and they never leave, and so they <laughs> they don't know these things. Oh, so is that like uh, somebody going to Belfonte, Pennsylvania? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at on the market com and text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. We got some emails left over from yesterday. We will read those as time permits, but uh, we have to favor calls. So if you wish to call us, as uh, two people are doing, 1-800-795-9565. Some very brief news headlines here. The number of COVID-19 cases in Pennsylvania since the start of the pandemic has reached 1.8 million. In its Thursday update, State Health Department reported 6,970 17 new cases. Uh, they say there were 124 new cases since Tuesday in our area, and that includes new Northumberland County cases, uh, 15,581 cases in Northumberland County since the start of the pandemic, and there are also 47 active cases within the county at SCI Cold Township. One new death reported in the central Susquehanna Valley. That was in Northumberland County. As for hospitalizations, Geisinger Danville has 100 16 people admitted with COVID-19. 33 are in the ICU and 10 on ventilators. Most of them, 90%, are unvaccinated. Evangelical Community Hospital in Lewisburg has three more patients on board now. They've reached a total of 46, 13 of whom are in an ICU. Eight are on ventilators, and of that eight, six are unvaccinated at Evangelical Community Hospital. As for the Delta variant, yes, we have that, but according to a study last month, according to Dr. J. Juan Ru, the president and CEO of Geisinger. At the time, that was before Omicron had really settled in, but that's just a matter of time. It will be here if it's not here already. Dr. Rue says that Geisinger researchers have been conducting these studies about once a month or so. Uh, you can hear all of his news conference at WDKOK.com, and we're playing excerpts uh, throughout the morning on WDKOK Sunrise. We played our first excerpt 10 minutes this week. We'll play 10 minutes Monday and 10 minutes Tuesday on WDKOK Sunrise. Neely Bendapudi, recognize that name in the future because she's the new president of Penn State University, selected by the Board of Trustees yesterday. She She's currently at the University of Louisville, or Louisville, if you live down there, mm-hmm. and she's uh, the president of that university. Uh, she begins her appointment as the 19th president in spring of uh, 2022. And the Pennsylvania Capitol Star is reporting Doug Mastriano to the rescue. He's going to introduce legislation that would end the annual cost of living adjustments that have pushed lawmakers' salaries close to $200,000 a year for leaders and over $200,000 a year for the governor and some row offices, and uh, nearly $100,000 for working-class state lawmakers. Finally, why did Mark have a meltdown this week? Mm. Because Nori's leaf sucker broke down once and for all and couldn't be fixed. Uh, cannot be fixed. Cannot be fixed. Well, so it can be in the months ahead. Oh, they're missing a part. All right. So you know what they can do. Borrow one from another municipality? Borrow one, or why don't they do what people have done for centuries? Rake and muscle? Volunteers. Rake and Everybody, muscle. Let's have a leaf raking. All the pine knotters in Nori, get I'm yourself not, out. I'm you not know, helping. Grab the young ones. I'm not helping. Come out, get the leaves out there, and uh, do what 
they did before leaf blowers or leaf suckers were invented. Riverside. Okay. That's where they got it. Well, they're going to continue. Uh, I'm sure there might be a couple extra. Maybe Seals Grove would be more than happy to uh, to lend it to the, the Borough Pine crew. Is just ridiculously hardworking. Seals Grove would probably uh, for the uh, the brew pub, the Pine Knotter Brewery, can donate some uh, adult beverages to the Seals Grove group, and they'll lend them their. But I'm ir- irrational when it comes to leaves, so well, I would, uh, uh, you know what? Only uh, a little comfort. Everybody has a vice to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. A little OCD in the <laughs> in the sanctuary. Uh, Stan, thank you for waiting through the news headlines and a little frivolity. Last go, no, please scratch that. Uh, you are uh, the next caller. Please go right ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, they found some justice for the victims of Jesse, you know, the Jesse Smollett case. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 got the, they got the perpetrator of the crime, and it was Jesse Smollett <laughs> out there in Chicago. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, I'm, I'm going to ask a really simple question. Now, he claims he's going to appeal the case. That's his lawyer put out there. He lied on, on the stand. Are they going to charge him with perjury now? Is he already charged with false reports? Yeah, I think the, the, the I, I believe all parties want this to go away. However, <laughs> he should be as what a lot of criminals do. Well, as what they're doing to folks on January sixth, keeping them locked up and in isolation. This is ridiculous. What's going on for the January sixth folks? Jesse Smollett should have to pay for the services for the time spent defending his case and he did perjure himself and and th- this is a running joke and, and th- this case should have never came up just like the case up in Wisconsin if the DA and then once the DA had this case she was let's say nudged by people in the Obama circle to drop the case on Smollett but th- th- this this guy is a total running joke and a, another man of color, Dave Chappelle, can articulate the joke this guy is. <laughs> well, he also, you know, he was trying to perpetrate a race crime upon this country. Mm-hmm. And half, you know, all the Trump supporters, he was accusing basically all Trump supporters being racist and homophobes. And, and our leaders, <clears throat> quote there, uh, Biden... Harris, AOC, and a whole host of Hollywood's lowlifes were all accusing the you know Trump supporters of being racist with it. You know, it's a modern day lynching, according to uh, old Miss Harris. There, when are they going to apologize to half the country for their lies? Well, it's not, Biden's been wrong on how many things, let alone the legal situations he's been wrong on. But let me ask you this: so, w- what doesn't add up here? A person, what do you mean? What doesn't add up? A, a person, the whole thing no, no, from the beginning. I know, but so from the beginning. So these people jumped on this bandwagon. Robin Roberts up at uh, was it Good Morning America? ABC. Yeah. So you look at look at the joke about this. A man's accosted right. at two a.m. with a subway sandwich in his hand, accosted <laughs> by two people. This and that and this and that happened. Also, too, it's a winter vortex. It's minus 28 degrees at 2 a.m. So he goes out for a sandwich at 2 a.m., gets back to his apartment or his suite in the hotel, wherever he was staying at, where they're filming uh, this show he's on. Sandwich intact, has some sort of uh, apparatus around his neck, takes it off, but then says on the stands he never took it off. 
and something was thrown on him. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a Sherman tank, those Subway sandwiches must get through everything. I mean, if you're going to go down with the Titanic, those people would have had Subway sandwiches. They'd still have something to eat in the lifeboats. All right, we got another caller waiting. Anything uh, else right. about Jussie, sir? Yeah, I, really quick I here. want to see him in prison for at least five to ten years for his lies and what he perpetrated on this nation. I don't think you could and be... Anybody and that, anybody that acts like him in the future needs to get the same penalty. The more I think about it, I don't think you get charged for perjury for falsely testifying on the stand in your trial. You get the conviction. Uh, I think you can because he didn't After take the, the fact. Fifth. He okay. didn't take the fifth, did he? No, but... Uh, but is it re... You cannot... He, 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 uh, he took an oath to, to tell so the truth, the whole right. truth, and nothing but the truth, right? But, Ain't that the oath to take? Right, but he still maintains that he didn't falsely say these things. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a perfectly good question. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Appreciate the call. Also, Mike, thank you for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, before I get started on why I want to make the case that uh, Democrats are discriminatory, I want to ask, what was the name of that uh, fellow running for government, uh, governor? Al Jarreau. Al yes. Jarreau. Hero. Charlie Hero. Al Jarreau. No, Charlie. No, Al Jarreau is the singer. Singer. Charlie oh, okay. Jarreau. G-E-R-O-W. Yep. Right. Hey, you know down. what? I, I I tell you what. I really like that guy. He checked off a lot of boxes for me. And and one of the things, uh, he he's an immigrant that had come from a, a situation that wasn't great. And uh, I think that 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 puts a uh, a background in a person's mind that you know they they want this country to stay great and they see it going in the wrong direction so that's one of the big boxes that that fellow checked off for me well he's now, electable that's what makes him so appealing you know he's not so extreme or so verbose that it would make him hard to run against Josh Shapiro i think as he, as he predicted he'll do well on the debate stage with Josh Shapiro oh i think he will and and i i don't want to say this but he to me he reminds me of how i think you know, people call me a right-wing conservative, and, I, and that's a label this fellow is going to get, too. But in reality, he sounds more like a, a moderate or a libertarian, and, and that's what I am, a libertarian. So anyway, I, I do want to make the case, I said I'd do it yesterday, of why the Democrats are discriminatory. Okay, so they, the, the House voted for the Build Back Better, which really is Build Back Better boondoggles, in my mind, okay, and political payoffs. But the one thing that has really stuck out to me when you start, you know, the, the more you look at this bill, the worse it gets. Okay, in it, there's a provision that if you want to buy an electric car, okay, you can get $12,500 tax credit from the government for buying an electric car. But, here's the but, that electric car, in order for you to get $12,500 tax credit, has to be built in a factory staffed by union personnel. It has to be built by union members. If you elect to buy an electric car made at a non-union factory, like you know maybe one in Tennessee or North Carolina or Texas, guess what? You're not going to get $12,500. <laughs> you, as a citizen of this country, an American, the government's going to say, we're only going to subsidize you $4,500 less. We're going to give you $8,000 tax credit for buying this car. So what I want to know is where does the government decide that the union workers get uh, a bigger benefit than the non-union workers, and where do the people that, you know, all Americans, 
that decide they want to buy this car versus that car, and how does that? Uh, why why would they be penalized for buying a car from a, a, a non-union factory? It, to me, it's it's uh, anti-capitalism, it's anti-choice, it's anti-American, and and honestly. I think if the people like that, uh, what was his name, Charlie Giroux, mm-hmm. with Charlie a lawyer degree, Giroux. if he if he started looking at that, he would find that that's unconstitutional, and that these if these these uh, all these Democrats voted for something that's probably unconstitutional, and it's it's immoral and it's just wrong, and how many other things are in this bill like that? Well, here, here's one of other things, Mike. There's a situation on child care. Right now, child care is, uh, we need more supply of it, and we need it to be cost-effective. In this bill, they are saying that religious and smaller, one-run, small daycare centers have to have college degrees and also cannot get federal aid unless they meet certain criteria. So right there is going to make the supply go down and the cost go higher. Uh, Democrats have a tough time with real economics, and they do not understand for every action there's a reaction. I think it's a Washington issue. I don't think it's a Democratic issue. I think issue. it is a Washington, but Democrats as a whole, to put something like that in, when we need more efficient child care, to put those regulations in doesn't help. Is there a regulation a Democrat doesn't like? And some Republicans, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I was going to say, Republicans, look at all the, uh, uh, what do they call them, the tax-free zones around here. The name just popped out of my head. A tax-free zone. Was it? Opportunity yes, zone. right, right. Those yeah, that discriminate against existing local businesses. No, yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> you don't think that if you build a new business in a Keystone Opportunity Zone, you don't have to pay taxes? That doesn't discriminate against the business. Right up the block that's been there for 20 years that wants to grow, he has to pay taxes? That's not discriminatory? It can be, but what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you subsidizing? You're subsidizing manufacturing? You're subsidizing logistics? Okay. What about the, Indi- what about the Indian reservations where you can get gas and not have to pay federal tax? But I got two you. miles outside, you're running a gas station, and you have to collect uh, tax. So Republican Discrimination, good. Democratic no, I didn't discrimination, say discrimination nation, bad. Good, because opportunity <laughs> zones are mutually uh, democratic. No, but that's and a GOP idea. <laughs> anyway, but the problem with the Build Back Better, Mark, is the more you look at it, the more, almost everything that's in it. You know, the thing that you're arguing against right there, it's all It's like in there, that. right. It's well, all, yeah, it's bad know, policy. And the funny thing, Mike, this is the terrible part, is that some of the initiatives and the ideas and the goals and uh, sort of the, uh, the, uh, the real mission of Build Back Better could work, might help, could get bipartisan support, might end up being, you know, helpful to the country. You just never know. you got to take it apart, look at what they're trying to do, See if that would actually make us better. And then, of course, as you're discussing, strip away all the extra incentives or discrimination or the, you know, yeah, the Washington the baloney. the House wants you to pass it. To, we have to, right. what's <laughs> Again. But what about the opportunity zones in the black communities that the Trump administration pushed and set up and were very good? That wasn't competing with other That's businesses. That's discriminatory. That was giving people the opportunity. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're a white well, person there. All right, Mike, we'll give you the last <laughs> word. we got to hit the button. Go right ahead. Okay. What you're saying, Mark is what my friends that I talk to about this are saying. They want to see things one thing at a time, put up for a vote, debated, and hashed out, instead of jamming you know, thousands of pages together and saying, we have to do this. No, 
That people are sick of that unless they're on the receiving end of the handouts. They like it. <laughs> right. Well, it's hard to eat sausage one ingredient at a time. <laughs> they have to put it all together so you right, can, so you can uh, see, it's enjoy it's the palatable. flavor. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate the call. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. If you like what you heard from candidate Charlie Giroux, widely talked about as being one of the most electable of the Republican candidates that's out there this time around. Uh, what's your view on that? Did you like what he said, or did he sound like just another conservative uh, uh, what do one of our listeners call it? Uh, ba- bad ideas. Um, uh, did you enjoy that? Uh, talking about Build Back Better, of course, all the hidden incentives and the, the good Democratic initiatives that are within there. Uh, do Keystone Opportunity Zones discriminate against existing fine local businesses? Is And is it a Republican or a Democratic thing? I know Governor Casey had first talked about these uh, a couple of two short decades ago. All right, 1-800-795-9 Five six five. We're talking about what's busting in Harrisburg. We got four emails and a text. We'll read those on the radio when we return. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Is there some way we can build back better? without discriminating. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yeah, just uh, check that. Uh, Charlie Giroux said that most people in Pennsylvania support abortion rights uh, or support uh, limiting abortion rights. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in polls. He may be right. Well, you know, I haven't seen probably the latest national one. polls and you look at things. Well, nationally, it's and, definitely and, and in right. favor of abortion rights. But I don't in know Pennsylvania, it was probably 50 Define 50. it, though. You have to define it. OK, Mark, are you in favor of world peace? <laughs> no. You're not? Okay. No, I need uh, the uh, global military well, complex the, the to people keep want, on booming. The people want to say, okay, are you in favor of feeding the hungry? <laughs> okay, <laughs> what does it entail then? So here, here is world peace. Okay, we can have world peace if the United States gives up 17 states and gives it to some other countries. We can have world peace if. Russians, okay. you can have world peace if you give Siberia So you away. can have abortion rights, uh, women can choose if? Well, you have to define it and see what it is. I mean, when, when people are taking polls and, you know, sati- what, there's there's lies, there's damn <laughs> lies, and then there's statistics. Right. But look how the question's framed, and look how the narrative see is. See what the outcome is. Well, there's nothing wrong is. with that. Yeah, good idea. Whatever poll. And I'm sure if you ask conservatives, maybe he had a conservative-leaning poll. We know there's a lot of those out there. Well, I believe Charlie's Catholic faith. Uh, get Muhlenberg College but, or uh, Franklin uh, and Marshall Messiah. to do the polling, and then yeah. you get a liberal lean and see what you well, come up with. But, but again, look at the question and look at the sampling. When they only do seven 
fifty, a thousand, fifteen hundred. And that's one of the things about the polls, Mark. So a thousand people are polled and seven hundred and fifty are Democratic registered voters. Where do you think that poll's gonna lean? <laughs> and that's where things get skewed and misunderstood. Uh, follow the money. Uh, but don't be afraid to ask a question. And I'm, I'm amazed that some of the people who want to ban the Patriot Act or were, were behind the Vietnam protests in the Vietnam War and some of these things are allowing American citizens to be locked in jails because of this January 6th, which will turn out to be a strange affair from a standpoint of reality. Uh, we went through that Russian collusion, which turns out to be a hoax. Some of the people in this administration were involved in that. But what's going on to Americans? Now, should they be put in jail or to be paroled and have to be accountable for what they did? Yes, but the way the government's going about it, folks, people do not understand. This is not what America is. If you're liberal, if you're conservative, if you're a libertarian or in between, Americans should not be treated like this. 51% of adults said in a poll by the Pew Research Center that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Doesn't really well, say. Well, then what are all and most? Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the situation... And look at Europe. So Europe is supposedly to some people on the left and certain people, Europe is a shining light and they've been a society for centuries and centuries. Look at their abortion laws. Millennia and millennia. Look, look at their abortion laws. It's very interesting. Uh, the United States is uh, seems to be more liberal than uh, Europe. So is Europe telling us something about abortion? 1-800-795-9565. got open phones. We'd love to hear from you. Call us. The open line is 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, Jesse Smollett, his stunt got Trump out of office. Great job, Jesse. Well, what's what, what's the, the connection? Just for the texter, that is J-O-S-S-I-E. But what? how did that, what's the connection? How did well, Jesse was, uh, Smollett? Well, again, the, the biggest uh, joke about this was uh, he got accosted by two guys wearing MAGA hats. And oh, they were the MAGA screaming MAGA, at him okay. that this yeah. is MAGA territory. Right. Yeah, yeah. Downtown Chicago is real MAGA territory. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you, you could not find a Republican in downtown Chicago in blocks and blocks and blocks. Uh, you you might find a uh, a conservative somewhere who says uh, I'm a libertarian, but uh, you're not. Yeah, it's not MAGA country, Jossie. One of our listeners says you're not saying enough. Ben saying that some people in the Biden administration were participants in the Russian hoax is an understatement. It goes right to the top with President Biden. Being well, involved. to a degree it could, but Jake Sullivan was knee deep in it, or hip deep in it, or shoulder deep in it. And also, too, very interesting, I don't know, Mark, if you talked about this, it's out on YouTube, but uh, Hillary Clinton read her presidential... Oh, I saw that. <laughs> oh, I mean, how sad. I don't know whether to... I mean, I, was it a Saturday Night Live skit? Or was well, it? I mean, it was just it's an interview. You could have averted your eyes if you didn't want to watch it. Well, I didn't. I mean, I, I watched about two minutes of it. And I mean, okay. that. The, I mean, talk about a person who cannot accept uh, what has happened. She didn't read it because it was time to read it. Somebody asked her to read it, so she read it. Wait, she I don't she think, read it, and it was. I think for she what? accepts it. I think it's obvious. It's How, well, that could be therapy for her too. In what day does she? In what way does she not accept it? 
the election was stolen, as according to her. And then you saw this Russian uh, hoax. She's one that of them. went on. Well, the, who, okay. who, who who put the money into it? Who put the money into it? It was the it was the Clinton campaign. I got you. I mean, the, Michael Steele. I mean, talk about groups that have missed this. Th- this this again is as President Trump said. What he went through, no other president should ever have to go through what was done to his administration, <laughs> and that's true. Right, and, I got you. and that is true. Yeah, he suffered. Let's see. One of our listeners said, yesterday a caller pointed out the concept of lowering taxes, but actually seeing increased revenue collected is Republican nonsense. While I can understand that the concept seems contradictory, it has proven to be true, and it is math. Corporate, and she sends an article. It doesn't, doesn't seem contradictory to people who understand things. Corporate, corporate tax revenue hit an all-time high in 2021. And this is from October 12, 2021. William McBride of the Tax Foundation says, The U.S. Congressional Budget Office now estimates that the federal government received $370 billion in corporate tax revenue over the past year, fiscal year 2021, matching a record high level from 20. This is a 75% increase over the previous year's total, reflecting a rebound in corporate profits and the broader economy. This year's robust corporate tax collection calls into questions efforts by the administration and congressional Democrats to increase the corporate tax rates and raise other corporate taxes based on claims of relatively low tax collections following the Tax Cuts Act of 2017, the so-called Trump tax cuts, if you will. In fact, corporate tax collections... This year, about 25% higher than the $297 billion collected in 2017 prior to the passage of Trump's cuts. Likewise, as a share of GDP, corporate tax collections are higher this year than in 2017. Well, and and yes. to me, it makes perfect sense that if you lower taxes, you you end up with more money coming into the governor because it spurs the economy. People well, Mark, spend it. My taxes went down $1,000. Mark, when the government it, decreases taxes, disposal income increases. That right. translates to we higher spend spending. It. And an increase in GMP. <laughs> and the people who call in and say trickle-down doesn't work or right. the Trump tax cuts were that, th- they are misinformed or ill-informed because what happens is the government has three main sources of revenue, individual income tax, payroll taxes, and corporate taxes. But what happens is when you lower the rates, any of those rates, it stimulates the economy, increases incentives to work and invest, and an increase in governor revenue because there's more taxpayers. There's larger tax base. Mark, we do not need more taxes. We need more taxpayers. And that's what people on the left or these people who seem not to I mean, I don't want to say it's Economics 101, but it might be <laughs> Economics 201. Right. It's pretty close. All right. Uh, on the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf. Find out tons more about them at sunburymotors.com. Uh, they invite you to do what I've done. Go down there each week, pick up a different F-150 and drive. No, just kidding. Mm. Everybody can't do that. But uh, do test drive one of the F-150s down there. Is the Maverick there now? Uh, no, I did not see a Maverick yet. Mm. They got a more Broncos and a Mustang in, but uh, an electric Bronco's Mustang. Broncos an interesting looking vehicle. All right. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's and especially one that, the one that already comes lifted. I'll tell you what, I can see you in a R, Bronco. R, R, R. I can see yeah, Bron- Bronco couple, might couple be your, hanging uh, off the back. That'd be your spring, summer, fall weekend vehicle for you. You Purdue. And they invite you to do what I've done also. That's visit the Quick Lane with your other vehicles on North 4th Street in Sunbury where they specialize in all types of service, state inspections, nitrogen for tires. They'll pump you up, buddy. And uh, they're open Monday through Friday 7th. Check that 6 
6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Find them on the web at sunburymotors.com. we got open phones. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about the incredulity of the fact that <laughs> if you lower taxes, uh, that uh, spending goes up. I mean, it just has a huge impact on the happen. economy. Good right. There's no, and I do not argue that one little bit. The capital my, gains are part of that, too. My dilemma comes when governments lower taxes and don't cut costs. That's the terrible thing that happens, is that you have the federal government. We've had a couple of tax cuts over the years. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. And I, we've had stimulus money mailed to us, but it's all just and Mark, that's, boofing up that's the deficit and making it Democrats bigger Democrats and, and Republicans are in that boat together. It's that Washington vortex that yeah. sucks out your brain that you think lowering taxes will decrease the deficit. What? Okay. So, for that, I fault everybody in Washington, Republican or Democrat. Fair. Fair statement. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. I stand corrected. One of our good listeners says Hillary has never accepted her loss to President Trump. I, I, honestly, I hadn't thought about it. I, I wouldn't say that was cases even... Even of Chardonnay, she still has a tough time. Okay. Little did I know. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Truth is taking a beating today, but we'd love to hear from you. Set us straight. 1-800-795-9565. <laughs> you can email us at onthemarket at uh, Truth has been beaten like a rent. Mule? Oh, Is that what you're it's not good. It's okay. not good. Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey there. Uh, why the uh, phenomenon, which really uh, states that if you have uh, lower taxes and more revenue, <clears throat> is uh, the Laffer curve. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it states that uh, the amount of tax revenue realized expressed as a function of GDP remains fairly constant irrespective of the tax rate. At approximately 17% of GDP is when as much as you're going to get. No matter, you can put, well, I mean, obviously put 100% or 0%, no. But if you have uh, 30%, 50%, all you'll do when you raise the taxes is lower your GDP because you have less economic activity. Mm -hmm. Now, back back in the 80s, they did that. And during the 80s, they doubled the amount of revenue going into the federal coffers. So uh, I always get hung up that we do tax cuts without uh, corresponding budget cuts, but it doesn't really matter. Revenue will exceed the lost revenue? Well, yeah, it depends <laughs> okay. if you don't have that Democratic Congress putting the taxes to her. Well, it depends how much. Yeah, have. it depends how much the the government's spending. I think <clears throat> we we do oh, not yeah. have a tax problem. We have a spending problem and spending in yeah. the priority. And here's the other thing that people seem not to understand is we have these CRs. You keep hearing these CRs, continuing resolutions. They need to get back to regular order regular order, then you can understand, put a budget together, and you see the priorities of Nancy Pelosi, or Kevin McCarthy, or whomever, but you see the priorities of what these groups want, then people can understand that, oh, I want Mark Lawrence as my U.S. Senator, because his priorities is X. Uh, I want so-and-so to be my uh, uh, representative, uh, because their priorities are Y. People do not, these continuing resolutions are a joke, and they need to be stopped. Absolutely. And the other part, too, Lance, is the people misunderstand capital gains. Capital gains is a microcosm of what you just talked about in the Laffer Curve. People think capital gains should be 
taxed at regular income? That is baloney. You want to talk about you want to talk about strategic tax cuts are great octane, high octane for the economy. Capital gains are the very positives that you put with the, uh, let's say you put a good set of tires on because you can hold the road. That's capital gains uh, are great for the economy and great for the investors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you got to hit it right there. It really did. All right. What uh, else, Lance? On, on a unrelated on, on subject, I uh, recently read about uh, the uh, capital punishment, you know, where they use lethal injection and how this... Uh, poor uh, fellow who had murdered I forget how many people was jerking around there on the gurney and awful look on his face and the whole bit and that's horrible but when they see the same thing happening in the womb to another human being nobody seems to care I mean jerking around the same way trying to get away from that super vac why so what isn't that amazing well it's not a baby who haven't done anything at all get the death penalty and they love it and people who have done something to deserve it, it's horrible. And you're pro-life oh, yeah. across the board, birth and death penalty, right? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Whole That's way through. Gotcha. Way through. Good for you. That's the way to be. All right. Thank you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling in. Have a great weekend. We'll chit-chat you with you next, next year. Bye. Dan, thank you for waiting. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Why, last evening... Fred Keller had a telephone town hall meeting. What? And yeah, it was very interesting. Didn't invite he, me. Yeah, well, guess what the number one topic was? Probably okay, the pandemic, uh, I would assume. Yeah, yeah what had, the number one topic was dramatic, draconian go- government control of making people get vaccines. Every other caller brought up our governor, how he wants to mandate (laughs) vaccines, and up to the federal government was the number one concern that our government should not be in the business of mandating so-called vaccine and that was the number one topic, the overreach of our federal and state government. And second thing brought up was the IRS, and, and they definitely want to hire more agents in the IRS. And what they want to do, if you have over 10, now it's $10,000 in a year, if you have transactions going out of your account over $10,000 a year, they want, it's up for legislation now, they want you to be checked out by the IRS where that money's gone, which Fred and his cohorts are fighting. But that's the intrusion our government's getting to be under our current Pennsylvania governor and the group in Washington. How well, much money do we lose each year because it's uncollected, because people hide it or don't report it or, you know, don't pay their fair share of well, taxes? Lo- loopholes aren't illegal, Mark. No, I not mean, loopholes. They're, they're, no, that's not what I said. Not using a, a real loopholes, but uh, don't report income or hide it illegally. 
this is only what they have up. So only gonna they're only gonna be checking people like me and the not the middle income. They're not gonna be getting the big guys. Right, no, it's, it's, it's the underground economy. How don't though. have ten thousand dollars of transaction <laughs> a year out of our account anymore? All of us do. Wait till you go buy a new washer well, and dryer next Mark, time. Mark, look at the underground economy and what, what is the underground economy. Flea markets, antique dealers, uh, ladies, well, anyway, okay, ladies so of the evening. Of I mean, look at the underground economy and there's tax not reported. Uh, look at the drug uh, industry, uh, the illegal drug industry. That's the underground economy. So those are all, all untaxable uh items that uh, the government doesn't get and the government wants their share of. Dan, next time you call Fred Keller, please tell him to call WKOK. we got a couple <laughs> questions. I did let a message. I didn't, I didn't mention that, though, but <laughs> one lady <laughs> called in and her, uh, one of her child, I don't know, son or daughter's in the service and they're all, you know, right now they want to mandate vaccines for them and they're kids are up against it. They don't know what to do. They don't want a dishonorable discharge, but they don't want the vaccine either. Mm -hmm. So there they are. What do they do? They served, how many years they served their country, now all of a sudden because of a so-called vaccine, they they might be mustered out with a less than honorable discharge. Yeah, this is totally insane. Right. Yeah, well, but also, too, though, he talked... Thank to, you, Dan. Thanks for calling yeah, thanks, in. Thank Dan, you. But Thank they you. also talked about... Uh, do you realize, Mark, that uh, whole milk is 97% fat-free and should be in our public schools? All right. I'm ready for it. All right. We got, uh, we'll take one more caller today. 1-800-795-9565. Stand by. Cindy, we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing... They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. We have time for another caller. We have one waiting, but we'll take one more. Uh, one of our listeners says, so on the Mark, we do not need more taxes. This country needs less government spending. Amen to that, mm, brother. Yeah. How about that? And guess what? They'll never do it. Cindy, <laughs> you're on the Mark. Thank you for waiting. Oh, boy. Good morning, gentlemen. First, I want to say that uh, Mr. Smollett should go to jail. He should go to jail for the heinous behavior of risking causing a riot, causing a destruction of our society, wasting, a hun- I mean, $100,000 was spent researching his claim by the, by the mm-hmm. police that he was attacked, $100,000.
he should be penalized and he should go to jail. Let's make it clear, if you falsely report a crime, you're going to pay dearly for it because that's just totally unacceptable, totally unacceptable. With regards to government, Mark, I agree with you. And, uh, and you know, there is, we think, we tend to think that the only way it works is the way that we live with. But do you realize, and I think it's New Hampshire, they have 424 legislators, 424, wow. twice as many as we do, but they pay them $100 a year. <laughs> $100 a yeah, year. There's a lot of part-time legislators yes. around the country. Yeah, Georgia, Maryland. Texas, Maryland. I mean, there's a number right. of them. California, Pennsylvania seem to be very much Obsessed. stuck in the past. Yes, yes. And, you know, the problem is, from my perspective, in keeping these full-time legislatures, that makes them vulnerable to being uh, dragged into this nonsense that they cook up and try to inflict on the people of Pennsylvania. So we would be much better off if they went home and got about the business of earning money to support their family than if they just spend time twiddling their fingers down in Harrisburg. And look at the female legislator that just had to uh, resign and is currently under um, investigation and I think should go to jail from Philly who lied about her per diems. Mm -hmm. She lied claiming she went to meetings and billed us, the people of Pennsylvania, the full per diem rate. She never showed up to any of those meetings. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the kinds of abuse. And she's not the first. There have been at least six Philadelphia area legislators who were forced to step down because of misconduct on their part, corruption. So I agree that corruption is a serious problem in uh, Pennsylvania government. Serious problem. All right. I agree. Yeah, well, is Pennsylvania the most corrupt state in the union? No. Uh, there's a man who wrote a book, and I forget what state he nominated, well, it depends but much on the to time, my though. astonishment, it wasn't Pennsylvania. Yeah, but wow. it depends on the time, though. One time, Louisiana was as crooked as a dog's hind leg. Well, that's true. And then you that's had Kentucky. True. So the okay. time and place of when things are going on gotcha. and what happens. So, uh, But right corruption, corruption runs... Unfortunately, runs deep, and, and f- also, unfortunately, Cindy, I would agree that some of the this is the best-paying jobs some of these legislators ever have, and they're <laughs> going to hang on to it no matter what. All right, thank well, you so much. Well, the bad Oops. news is that while they wrote a great constitution, they forgot to put in there how the people can modify it. So only the legislators can modify it, and obviously their <laughs> misconduct, as far as I'm concerned, about what went on with reducing the size of the legislature shows they're not going to do it. Right. They're not going to modify that thing. Who Good cuts that. off the branch they're sitting on, huh? Nobody. Well. <laughs> Nobody intentionally, anyway. Yeah. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, yep, thank Have you a so great much. Weekend. One of our listeners yeah. sends us a note. It says, oh, it's so calming and soothing to the nerves to read the headlines in the Daily Item today. Geisinger Hospital's overburdened on Section B-1. State of Pennsylvania reports 8,700 new cases in one day in Pennsylvania. Well, think about it. If I recall... Therefore, wow, things were slowing down and we were beginning to move about more until the powers that be let all those illegals enter our country under the premise of coming to a better life. Sure, it's nice to do that, but wouldn't you certainly think it'd be absolutely necessary at least to test these people and provide vaccinations before allowing them to infiltrate our country and spread the joy? No wonder Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, blew off her comment the other day by saying, don't worry, they won't be here for long. 
sure long enough to spread COVID all over the place and to get our permission to vote so that the Democrats remain in command and ruin our America forever, all the while pressing us daily to get tested and get vaccines and get boosted. Really? Why in the world are these illegals put in a different set of standards than we Americans who live here? And pay taxes. There's some hypocrisy there. I mean, <laughs> again, how do you, you know, it's a good letter. What what the laws or regulations for thee and not for me? One another listener says, "Hey, is math racist? How about Jesse Ernest Wilkins, world class American mathematician, mechanical engineer, nuclear scientist, attended the University of Chicago at the age of 13. He was black and went on to be one of the smartest mathematicians in the world. Okay. Dr. Gladys West, uh, born in 1930, black, small farm in uh, Virginia, helped us invent." GPS and develop it? No, opportunities. And, but but why do Pennsylvanians allow money to be wasted in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, among other? When failing school districts are failing, there should be options. There should be a trigger that allows people to come in and run those. Just like if you have, you have failing cities or failing municipalities, how do you turn that around? Because it is certainly not fair to the students. So. See you in a week. Yep. See you in a week. Then we'll take a couple uh, of two, three weeks off. We'll see what Southern football does, but they're on a state title run. Oh, man. We'll be down there for a little media work today. So many Fridays have been spent rooting on Southern Columbia and Hershey. Hey, remember, what Central Columbia does academic, what Southern does athletic, folks, find out what they're doing. It might work at your school. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury.